0: This morning, a a day of worry, a day of worry, a day of worry is more exhausting, a day of worry is more exhausting than a a week of work. A day of worry is more exhausting than a week of work. Well, you yeah. know, when you worry, it just, it's just tears you up. Okay, let's just uh, open up in prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, that as we look to your word, we thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit is here, Father God, to move upon each and every one of us as individuals, Father God, that our hearts are prepared, Father God, to receive this word, Father God. And Father God, I thank you, Lord, that each and every one of us, Father God, will get again a new revelation, Father God, of what is spoken, Father God, and that revelation, Father God, will apply to each and every one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Again, today's Father's Day. The greatest need in our society today is for fathers to rise up and assume their God-given responsibilities to their family. Uh, so let's turn to the book of Micah. The book of Micah, it's right after Obadiah. Okay. Micah. And we want to find the the sixth, sixth, sixth chapter of Micah. That's Micah chapter 6, and we'll start to look at it first in the King James Version. That's Micah 6 and verse 8. He hath shown thee, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, justly, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with with thy God. From the Amplified, it reads, he has shown you, O oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you to do justly and to love kindness and mercy and to humble thyself, yourself and walk humbly with your God? So God has given us a opportunity to follow through on what he's called us to do. Um, so what has he called us to do? What is a father and what is a man of God? Um, First of all, a father is a male parent, a man who exercises uh, parental care over others. He's a benefactor and guardian and head of the family. Amen. Uh, There are many fathers out there that have uh, taken the responsibility and are proud to do so and are honored by it, but unfortunately there are other Individuals or who father children, uh, but not have taken any responsibility to that child or to the wife—they're uh, called uh, in today's society uh, the absentee fathers. There's uh, too many um, single women out there with uh, children. Um, these these males are just little selfish boys in in a man's body and uh, they have no respect for anybody else's feelings except their own and they're just looking for fun at anybody's expense. I know that's that's sober thoughts. Um, So young girls and young ladies you need to be on guard because not what appears on the outside may be on the inside. You know, they can be uh, that perfect He-Man special. Well, uh, young, thriving, muscular, has good manners. I mean, you know, something just makes your heart girls But you need, you need more need to know more than just the name of this jerk Uh, if you're going to date him <laughs> or date her, uh, what are his true intentions? Uh, are they honorable? What's his track record like? Have you found out what, what, what he's done in the past? Uh, can he be found to be dependable? Does he have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, there's, there's the number one. Number one, good thing, Amen. Um, If so, if he's a Christian, is he a spiritual Christian or a carnal Christian? There's a big difference there. A lot of girls, you know, a lot of young ladies get swept. Well, he's a Christian, and, you know, bam! They get swept up in the sweet talk. They get married and find out this guy's a carnal Christian. It's not exactly what they wanted. They wanted a spiritual man okay? Uh, there certainly is a difference between the two, okay? So when you're looking for a male friend, look for a man of God. One, then you shouldn't go wrong if you find a man of God, and hopefully you'll find a spiritual one, amen? Uh, now, we're going to look at the qualities of a man of God, uh, what he sh- should possess, and... uh or what he's trying to achieve in his life. You know, as a, a young man, you are not quite mature. I mean, your body's mature, but your spiritual application might not be mature enough yet. So we want to find, if you're looking for a man, you want, or a young man, you want to find one that's developing and not just stagnated in a position of a, a carnal Christian. So, you know, that's kind of bad, yeah. Um, you want to find one that's going in the right direction. You want to find one that's going to be, you're, you're linked up with. So, with that in thought, let's turn further in, uh, further back, back to the book of Daniel. Da- Daniel chapter 1. And Daniel chapter 1. We're going to find some things that a male should possess. A man. That Daniel chapter 1. This is the first thing that you need to look for. Daniel chapter 1. Looking at verse 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. There you go. First thing. You need to find an individual that will not defile himself. Uh, Defile is uh, in your Strong's Concordance 1351. It means to be soiled, desecrate, pollute, or or be stained. So you want to find somebody that uh, that's not going to want to defile himself. Uh, One needs to determine to live a godly and not follow anything. Such as individuals, food, drink, words, practices, or behaviors, to be corrupt or defiled. So you don't want to follow certain individuals or do certain things. Okay, because uh, of not being defiled, that was Daniel's purpose. He was granted to be ten times wiser. Now listen to this: If you, if you're, you're. This goes for the women, too. But if you don't defile yourself, God will grant you to be ten times wiser than those around you. Oh, boy. Look at verse 20. He says he's not going to be defiled. And all the manners of the wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in his realm. So, wow, that's great. When you're not defiled, you can be ten times greater than those around you, or whatever position you are in. You'll be ten times greater. That means whatever job you walk into or applying for, and you're not defiled, God's going to give give you ten times the wisdom. Boy, that's something to really move up on. I thought I'd get an amen. Uh, think, of, think of who you were before you came to, Lord, to the Lord. Are you better off today than you were before? Okay, that means we need, if we came to the Lord, we need to be ten times better or than we, before we came to the Lord. Or, since you came to the Lord, have you allowed yourself to be defiled because you've compromised certain things. Now we compromise, you know, I hate to say this, we all all of us compromise certain things that come before us. So we need to remove these compromises in our life so that we're not be defiled. That we might be able to walk in the character and power and the anointing of God in our lives. Um, Again, um, you may be defiled because of comp- you compromise on things. Um, uh, you know, maybe you became offended over certain things. It's time for us to grow up. As a man, we're speaking to men, but we're going to speak to women. It's time for us, each, each and every one of us, to grow up. And not be defiled, not compromise on God's word any longer. Because we know, we're all believers, we know that God's word leads to success anointing, blessings. But if we compromise on anything, it tears down our foundation. Or, if you want to look at it this way, it's a ladder. And if you are wanting to go up and you compromise, that means every rung that you begin to walk up, it breaks and you can't go any further up. So you're still on the bottom rung, trying to go, because it's breaking on you all the time, because you, we've compromised. Oh me, oh my. Okay, uh, da- Daniel chapter 5, in Daniel chapter 5, uh, we're gonna, we have to note something here, in Daniel chapter 5, I, w- I want to look at a phrase here, Daniel 5 verse 11, is there any man in thy kingdom? Is there any man in thy kingdom? Is there any woman in the kingdom of God? God is looking for someone. What is he looking for? Is there any man in the kingdom or woman in God in whom the spirit of, of, the, of the holy gods in the days of thy father? Well, In other words, if we're looking for a man Man or woman who has the Spirit of God living within them. Each and every one of us have been born again. We have the Spirit of God living in us. But are we allowing the Holy Spirit to function in us? Or He's just taking up residence? Hello. taking up residence. What do you think about when you, you, you move into a place? What do you do there? You make yourself at home. Is the Holy Spirit feeling at home in you? Or is he kind of backed up in the corner and says, wow, this place needs to be cleaned out. And he's speaking to us, clean out certain areas, quit being defiled. And we're just kind of saying, well, you know, I've got the living room clean, I've got uh, the the bathroom clean, I've got the bedroom clean, but the kitchen is a terrible mess. And he's saying, I want the kitchen clean too so you can eat right. Or he can eat right. He's asking us to clean out any defilement in our lives. There's corners in each and every one of our lives. You know, if we had a big screen, I always thought, when we stand before the Lord, here we are. We're going to be standing there and all of a sudden a huge screen will come up and all of a sudden, and now you have the life of David before you and you see all these things that you don't want anybody else to see, but, you know, it's hidden back in you. Are you following me? We don't want to be defiled. God wants us what? What? Is there a man in the kingdom? Is there someone that's going to be working along with us or with him to bring us into a greater life? Having having the Spirit of God and yielding to him gives you greater insights with God and instructions for our lives. Glory to God. Many individuals are born again. We know a lot of people are born again, but have not allowed the Holy Spirit to influence them, uh, the instructions and counsels that he w- would not want to give us, we would rather do things on our own merit. I can do it this way. I have a better way than what God says. You know, uh, I got a secret. You know, if I mess up, I could take First John one nine. I can repent. Well, if you're using that as a, as a stepping stone to do wrong you're wrong he knows what you're doing to do that wrong and then confess it he he doesn't want that type of thing taking place um that individual that's not allowing the the holy spirit to come come forth they fear or feel that god would interfere in their personal lives i you know uh God, if I, if I let you do that, uh, you're going to change things in my life, and I'm not really wanting things to be changed in that area. You know, you can change me to make me successful, to make me good, great-looking, to make me a good, great personality. But, you know, in this one area, I don't want you to touch it. Uh-oh. Uh, when the Holy Spirit comes, comes to us as individuals that are compromising, uh, we are uncomfortable. many's ever felt, and I, mean, I shouldn't put it that way, but I tell you, uh, when I'm doing wrong, I feel uncomfortable. You know, I get that check, mm, and i got to battle within myself. I've got to start re- relying on the Holy Spirit more than on my own, quote, strength to avoid that temptation or avoid that, that problem. Yeah, you know, all of us have egos. I can do anything, but you can't do better. Hello. You know that song? If we're uncomfortable with God in certain areas of our life, we need to yell help. Uh, we need to quit walking on both sides of the fence. Amen. And smooching with the devil and his associates. Whether you're a man or woman, you need to realize that God is for you, not against you, and that he is, always wants to be with you and wants to make you or give you a better deal. God's always wanting to give you a better deal than what you have right now. Well, you say, I'm blessed right now, but he says, it says he can go above and beyond. My cup runneth over. Not just just spills a little bit. He wants it overflowing. He wants us to give us the full benefit of life if we'll just relax in Him. Amen? Glory to God. So isn't it time that uh, we let down our barriers and give God the privilege of knowing us more by sweeping the house clean? Uh, Know him more intim- intimately. Uh, God has plans for us. And not failure. We know what Jeremiah 29, 11 says, right? Well, all of you jumped up and down on that one, so let's go, let's look at it. Jeremiah, let's back up to the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29. And if it isn't underlined in your Bible, you need to underline it. Jeremiah twenty nine, verse eleven. I know thy thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end or a reward. Glory to God. So He's wanting us to give us that success. How does that come about? Let's also look at uh, all. Go to the New Testament, almost to the end of the the book. And find uh, the book of John, 1 John chapter 5. Some of these things we need to really take a hold of. In 1 John chapter 5, looking at verse 4, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Verse 5, who is he that overcometh the world? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. He's talking to us. He says if you can be, you, we can have the success. We have the victory. Glory to God. He wants us to have a better way. Uh, the third thing we need to do or have as men and, and women of God, um, we have to go to, let's go to the book of... Uh, Keep your marker in, in uh, Daniel. We want to, At this time, I want to go to 1 Corinthians. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 2. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Man or woman of God needs this. We need this. First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And uh, since we're in the New Testament there, let's go to the book of Philippians real quickly. In the book of Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, it says. That's Philippians 2, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which is also is in Christ Jesus. All glory to God. Jesus' mind is enlightening. He has understanding. He has wisdom. This is the mind of Christ. He says that we have this. Having the mind of Christ lets us have the opportunity to fulfill our part in the body of Christ. Each and every one of us is called to do something. So we have an opportunity with the mind of Christ to fulfill things. This means you will begin, or I will begin to operate as Jesus operated, as we renew our minds to the things of, of God. And, of course, how do we renew our mind? Everybody knows that. Where? Romans 12. This is what Jesus had to do. Because he, he was a man... He put aside all his godly attributes, and he had to operate as a man on earth. So he had to do this. Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Think that Jesus did that? He had to. To present his, present his body as a living sacrifice. And then verse 2, it says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect and perfect will of God. So Jesus had, when he read the word, he had to receive the word just as we do. He can't say, well, that's not for me. I don't like what it's telling me I can't do. Hello. I'm going to have to follow what God's word says. Jesus, I do what the Father tells me to do, and He knows, He knew what the Word says. And as He developed in the Word of God, knowing what the Word of God is, He be, get, be, was beginning to be able to speak forth words, words of positive notes. And then, when, if He got stuck, He called on. What do you think He went prayed for? He prayed for the Holy Ghost. Lead me, show me things to do or what I need to do in this situation. Amen. Glory to God. We need to do the same thing. Um, Enjoying the Holy Spirit's presence uh, is being excited by knowing the word that God has a special task for each and every one of us. Now that's exciting exciting that God has a special task for you in this world to do. Well, glory to God. Hallelujah. Why? Because you have the mind of Christ. And as we have the mind of Christ, we begin to operate in the things of God, for the things of God, to do greater things. This is a great reward in itself, to knowing that God is, is giving us the mind of Christ to fulfill our purpose in, in, in life. Uh, If we haven't begun renewing our mind, um, it's foolish to think that things will get better if we remain the same. Uh, Now here's just a thought. Is it a time that we begin to evaluate our situations? If we have to obtain the right right uh, objects... Um, it will only start when we renew, renew our mind, Romans 12, 1 and 2. And this is a way of establishing the mind of Christ, Romans 1 and 2. This is the way to establish the mind of Christ by knowing, having our minds renewed to the Word of God, to what we need in our life. Glory to God. Number four, going back to Daniel chapter 5 again. Daniel chapter 5. verse 12. That's Daniel chapter 5, verse 12. A man of God or a woman of God has to have this. Inasmuch as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding, interpretation of dreams, showing of hard sentences, the dissolving of doubts, there was found in the same Daniel, whom the king named, well, Belshazzar. Now let Daniel be called And he will show you the interpretation. So we have an excellent spirit. We have been given the wisdom and able to interpret. Um, An excellent spirit is one who is humble. We have to be humble. Yet we need to be bold in our walk in the Lord. We need to be teachable. Well, I already know that. Well, maybe there's a different way around things. Maybe God wants you to do it a different way. So be open to things. Uh, We should be able to be be taught, but we also need to be able to teach things. Um, We need to learn to forgive. And we also need to operate in righteousness. Uh, An excellent spirit would be refreshing in today's society. You look at our society and you, know, you find very few people that have an excellent spirit. And If you went into the political world, well, I don't think you'd find hardly anybody that has a, 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 an excellent spirit. But in today's society, it's the, they have the IME sy- syndrome. Uh, I care for no one but myself. I am important. Trust me, I can do no wrong. I think we could all say oops to that, Uh, but does that sound familiar? People are doing that all the time. There are far too many Christians that are living a lie, thinking that they're much more better than the average Christian. Hello. The person who has an excellent spirit is hungry and thirsting for the things of God, not for the things of themselves. That wreaks <laughs> havoc in our lives because we're usually wanting things for ourselves. God says, I want you to have the blessings to bless others. He says, "Told Abraham, I'm going to bless you so you can bless others. We have the same uh, position as Abraham. He is ble- God is blessing us to bless others. To bless them, to, to know the Lord Jesus Christ for one, and then to bless them in different areas. Give them spiritual insight. Give them uh, your experiences in jobs, uh, training, so forth. He wants us to bless others. That they might go out and bless others. So yeah, we each and every one of us have an important job. Developing an ex- excellent spirit will produce a fruitful and abundant life. It will not be the I and me only self-attitude. You won't have that any longer. What can I do to help you? I see you're needing help. You're needing prayer here. Let me pray for you. Let me come in agreement with you. Let me work with you to get, get you through this thing. That's an excellent spirit. Number five. Let's go to 2 uh, Second Timothy. 2 Second Timothy. You'll keep your marker there in 2 Second, Second Timothy chapter 2. A man of God or, uh, or a woman of God knows how. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that Needs not be ashamed rightly divining the word of truth. To know how he means you study the word. Knowing God keeps you in balance. Or knowing the word keeps you in balance, I should say. So you will not fall for every false doctrine that comes along. Look how many people have got swept up into chrysalim. You know. Uh, our God is not the God of the Muslims. He's not Allah. Okay. Um, but so many fall for wrong doctrines and practice of, of certain traditions. Certain traditions, and church traditions are wrong. There's some of the, uh, church traditions are sacred cows. You, know? you, you say, you can't do that. Uh, that's wrong. People say, well, this, I've been this way for I was born in this, and I'm not going to change. Uh, until I hear the uh, minister tell me different, I'm not going to change. But you show them in the Word of God if what they're doing is wrong. They're not going to do anything about it. They're, they're steeped in their traditions uh, because they lack truth. You are stable because you know the Word of God. We go, well, we have looked at this numerous times, in the book of Acts, chapter... 17, you know where I'm going. Verse 11, these were more noble than those of Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of of mind and searched the scriptures daily where those things were so. So we need a know-how, to know how we need to Be able to search the scriptures and be able to, as uh, Brother Hagin would say, Eat the hay and spit out the sticks. We need to be able to do the right thing. This is a uh, this is our operative. Go to James chapter one, book of James chapter one, verse sixteen. Do not err, my my beloved brethren. We can't err. Don't fall for certain things. Do not err. Check it out. Going back to Acts 7, 17 and And let's go to, let's back up further into the New Testament. Uh, go to the book of 1 Thessalonians. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Verse 21. Prove all things. First Thessalonians, chapter 5, verse 21. Prove all things, hold fast that which is good. Hang in there. You know how. The scriptures give you insight, wisdom, redemption. Glory to God, hallelujah. The, God, the word of God will promote you into higher realms. Some of of us are just starting out. But if you look at those that that have applied themselves in the Word of God, you see them just going from glory to glory. They go from precept to precept, line upon line. They advance in the area that God has called them into. Glory to God. I enjoy seeing people take God's Word and run with it and just moving up. And and what's sad is I also see people that, that hear the same messages and do nothing about it, and they just mean remain static. No way. Okay, we need to advance because we have the word hidden in our heart. Psalms 1, glory to God, what does Psalms 1 tell us? This is all about about having an excellent spirit. Psalms Psalms 1, verse 1 and 2. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate day and night. This is the blessed man, the one who takes the word, meditates upon it, Glory to God, Hallelujah. Now, I've uh, last night. I was uh, going to pick up my kids, my furry kids, from the <laughs> from the babysitter. I guess you call it a babysitter. And uh, I had the radio on, and uh, this individual was talking about meditation. So I listened to it a little bit. He was way off. He was meditating in the wrong area. He was accomplishing things, but you can tell his demeanor. It was... And the person that was... I don't know what program it was. I just switched it off after that. But the individual was way off. He said he, he would meditate and then, then he would go back go back to the thing that he was doing and he would find strength in doing well Oddball stuff. So I said, this is, this is not it. So uh, this, we say said, we said here, the man who takes counsel from God's word, not from man's doctrine, but God's word. And 3 John 2, 3 John 2, I says, uh, it says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou may prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. So as our mind prospers, everything else will come up. So the more we we are in God's word, the greater blessings we will have. Okay. Number six. A man of understanding. Let's go to uh, New Testament this time and go to Mark chapter 16. Man of understanding, or woman of understanding, um, falls in this position. Man or woman of, of understanding has an understanding of what is important to God. What is important to God? What is important to God? This is what's important to God. Mark chapter 16, beginning with verse 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the land and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. These signs shall follow them that believeth in my name. They shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it shall not harm them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. What's, so, what's important to God? Souls. The Great Commission. The Great Commission. In this understanding, we have discretion and compassion uh, for people. We need to reach people. Hello. Uh, With discretion, you cannot be fooled into believing the lies of the enemy. You're able to minister the bread of life, share the good news of the gospel. With what? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Everyone you come in contact with. Again, minister the bread of life to those who are needing to be set free, those that need to be lifted up uh, and set and pointed in the right direction. God's heart is for the lost and dying, John 3.16. Our heart's desire should be to meet that desire of his do the great commission there's that understanding are we understanding God when he says us to go out there and do that or are we just sitting back and letting other people do the job Hmm. number seven Uh, a man of God or a woman of God has perception Uh, they can define what is and what is not from God uh, they can help people out of things that uh, are kind of messed up in their lives. They are able to address issues that have been overlooked in an individual's life. I, I can see this is where you need to make a change, and if you make this change, bam, things will be good for you. Because of this understanding and wisdom in God's word, this gives clear you give clear perception to others, peoples, other people to line up. Spiritual people don't operate by feelings. A spiritual person does not operate by feelings. A mature Christian lives by faith, walks in love, and is active in the work of the gospel. Let me read that again. Spiritual Christians live by faith, walk in love, and are active in the work of the gospel. This is the proper perspective we should have. We need to adhere to and prescribe to. Well, number eight, let's go to the book of Genesis, all the way back to the book of Genesis. And this time you wanna go to Genesis chapter 42. Bones are really creaking. (laughs) There you go. That's Genesis chapter forty two. connection. Better. There you go. Thank you. See? Somebody had perception to do it. (laughs) All right. Um, Where are we at? Oh, okay. Uh, A man of God or woman of God knows hard things, okay? Many people, they are filled with hard questions, okay? Relying on upon the greater one who's within us, glory to God, man of God or woman of God can give the proper answers to give hope to those who question. So you found Genesis chapter 42 and this is where Joseph interprets a dream for Pharaoh. 42 verse, looking at verse wow I wrote it wrong. That's, maybe it's 32. Let's go back up. Hold on. I may just have to tell you what I was trying to tell you here without the scripture. Nope. Okay, anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. fast, fast typing is not my best. This is where uh, Joseph interprets the, the dream of Pharaoh and he gives him the right perspective. He, he, brings, in, he brings forth the hard things that uh, Pharaoh could not do and he does it by the spirit of God within him. It wasn't Joseph figuring it out himself, but it was the spirit of God in him. And we can do the same thing when people have hard questions for us, we can give them the answer. 41. Oh, well, that's, thank you, Mike. 41. 41, okay. Oh, okay, yeah. 41, that's 41. Thank you, Mike. And, and we want to go to, 30, to the 38th 8th, verse and Pharaoh said unto the servants can we find such a man as this a man whom the spirit of God is spirit of God is and Pharaoh said unto Joseph for as much as God has shown these, all this there is none so discreet and wise as thou art thou shalt be over my house see there's, there's that doing things God's way he's promoted you can do have the same capability by doing it. If you, I mean, if you want promotion, it's and be blessed. Okay, let's let's uh, go to number nine. First uh, Samuel, First Samuel, and First Samuel, and we want to go to the seventeenth chapter this time. A man of God can dissolve doubts and problems. In other words, a man of God or woman of God gives hope, is a builder of, of faith, uh, encourages those that are in trouble or in doubt. Uh, what a great attribute to lift people up and see, to give them greater hope and, and greater expectation. Uh, these people are exhorters. And we need people that, that are good exhorters to help those that are being challenged to see that they can do a better job, okay? Uh, you are one of those people that, uh, you are one that people come to because you help them see past their situations and circumstances, amen? Um, you enable them to see their victory is within reach. You give them that, just that, that extra nudge to put them over to get things. You are God's timely messenger. Uh, what a privilege to lift up those in need to bring encouragement, hope, and renewed faith. Okay, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, going to verse 50, we find that David is uh, fought Goliath. Hallelujah. And David, Verse 50, And David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, and struck down the Philistine, and slew him, but no sword was in David's hand. So he ran and took the, stood over the Philistine, took the sword and drew it out of his sheath, and killed him, and cut off his head with it. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. Look at verse 52, And the men of Israel and Judah rose with a shout, and pursued the Philistine as far as Gath and the gates of Ekron. So the he gave, before David came out there, the armies of Israel didn't, were hiding behind bushes and stones and they weren't going to step out. But David came out there and, and did a job. He, he did more than exhort. He, he proved forth what he needed to do. And also in 1 Kings, let's go to 1 Kings. In 1 Kings chapter 18, we find Elijah... and the prophets of Baal that's First Kings 18 verse 21 and Elijah came all the people and said how long will thou be halt between two opinions if the Lord be God follow him but if it be Baal then follow him the people wouldn't answer a word they needed a little shove verse 39 and when all the people saw it, they fell on their face and said, The Lord is God, and the Lord is God. He was an exhorter by example. Sometimes we need to lead by example. You can do it. Amen. And we go to uh, number 10. Glory to God. We're back to Daniel, book of Daniel, chapter 5, one more time. Daniel chapter 5, looking at verse 17. And Daniel answered and said before the king, Let thy gifts be to thyself, and give thy rewards to another. Yet I will uh, read the writings of unto the king and make known to him the interpretation. A man or woman of God will not take a bribe. Amen. Um, They're not persuaded to take uh, gifts when they perform God's work. Uh, You work for God. Amen? And you do as God tells you. Uh, You don't look for rewards for doing God's work. Okay? Uh, You will compromise and lower your standards by requesting things for your work. Hmm. Let God be your rewarder. Um, He pays better wages anyway. And let's go to back to the book of Genesis, chapter fourteen this time. Genesis chapter fourteen. Oh, glory to God! Twelve. Genesis fourteen, looking at verse twenty-two and Abram. That's Genesis fourteen twenty-two. And Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have, lifted up, I have lifted up my hand unto the Lord, the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth. I will not take from, thy, uh, from a thread or even a shoot latch that I may not make anything at that time, lest thou should say I have made Abraham rich. So we see here that Abram didn't fall for the thing. And... Uh, and in 2 Kings, you don't have to turn there, we'll ju- I'll just tell you this one. 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 21 through 27. Um, Naam is the, uh, an officer in the, Persian, in the Persian army, or Syrian army, and he has leprosy, if you recall. And um, he's told to go wash in the Jordan, dip, dip himself sometimes. He gets mad, doesn't want to do it, but the little Jewish girl says, go ahead and do it tell the master to do it. So he goes there and, and, and he dips in the Jordan River. It's a dirty river. And he says, the river's at my house. It was a clean river. But he's, he does dip and he gets clean. And he goes to Elijah and wants to give Elijah money for being uh, uh, cleansed of his leprosy. You know, just give him a reward. thing, Money and clothing. And uh, Elijah says, no, uh, my reward, God's my rewarder, but we have Elijah and Elijah at the very beginning. They followed one another. Now here we have Elijah and his helpmate at that time, or was a guy named Gaza, Gaze- What's his name? Gazea. or whatever. And he says, uh, he runs after Nahum there, and he says, uh, he wants, Elisha wants to change your clothes because there's other people needing it. And he lies about it, and um, Gehazi gets exactly what he wanted from Nahum the clothes, the money. And he goes back, and he buries it in his tent, and he goes up to Elisha. And Elisha says, I saw you what you did there. You've got that, but you have gotten the curse of leprosy on you. So oftentimes, if, when we, we can't take gifts or try to manipulate things from God, okay? That's what he's trying to do here in that area. Okay, last example of man of God. Uh, We go to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Verse 3. Let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also a wife unto the husband. We need to have men and women need to have be examples of love. First Peter. Let's go to First Peter, chapter three. First Peter, chapter three. Glory to God. In First Peter, chapter three, looking at verse seven, likewise, husbands, dwell with them that, according to knowledge, give honor unto the wife as unto a weaker vessel, and as unto the heirs together, of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. Whoa, what a heavy one. The wife always jumped on me on this one. She says, You argue with me, and you put me down, you don't understand what I'm saying? She says, Read. And then she tell me, go. First Peter chapter three, verse seven. Likewise ye husband, dwell with them according to the knowledge. What's the knowledge? We said we said earlier to love giving honor to the wife as a week of rest and as being heirs together in, life, uh, together in the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. He says, when you mess up with me, your prayers are messed up. Boy, gentlemen, the wife has something over you. If you're not treating your wife right, your prayers are not going to be answered right. I mean, as much as you pray and as as much faith as you have, and you're not operating in love with your wife, forget it. I thought you'd love that one. <laughs> she still uses it. <laughs> Let's go. Do yeah, I have to tell every every one of my secrets? Ephesians chapter th- uh, 5, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 33. Verse 23, Ephesians 5, 23. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is he is uh, the Savior of the body. So, the husband is supposed to be the head of the wife, but uh, that First Peter kind of throws a curveball there. We need to operate in love with our wives. Amen. Glory to God. And Ephesians chapter 6, this time. We oh, is that the one I want? In Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verse 1. Children, obey your parents uh, in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long in her. Verse 4 is what I want. That's what I wanted there. And fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admiration of the Lord. Um, uh, Oftentimes, uh, being the male dominant in the house, especially over children, sometimes we... uh, You'll do... (laughs) You'll do as I say, but don't do as I do. Uh, you know, we tell the kids to do one thing, and then we, <laughs> and then we go out and do what we told them not to do, and it's wrong. Uh, you know, I I use that example as uh, in verse four there. Do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them in up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Like I said, my dad, when I was younger, did swear a bit. Um, Certain words he never used, but uh, okay, as a kid, you know, your dad is, you know, that's my dad. So I used some swear words around my mom when she had company and uh, there was a pursuit. I ran out of the house and so did everybody else. They brought me back into the house, got a bar of soap, and my toothbrush, and uh, I had a washing out of dirty words on my mind. I never after that hardly ever, until I've gotten the surface, I picked up some words, but I would never swear again. But uh, you know, we got, as, as fathers, we got, you know, if you're going to tell them to do something, make sure that you're not doing it yourself. Because uh, you, we need to be good examples, okay? And um, the last scripture we want to look at is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And verse 13. Now abideth faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of thee is love. The challenge is set before all of us today. We must focus and be committed to acquire the victory in the realm of love because love will dominate, okay? Uh, We need to take up the challenge of being men and women of God. Uh, Let's take it a step further. All of us need to be people of God. Um, the one that lives their life exalts God, exalts the word, and shares the love and principles of God with others. Um, So this morning I call you all blessed because you've heard the word. It says if you hear the word, you're blessed. And I believe you receive the word because it's the bread of life. And receiving that word enables you to be a blessing unto others. Amen. So for the dads out there, happy Father's Day, two thousand nineteen. And for our title is Father's Day 2019. <laughs> well, I went over by. Well, you never get to go for the two off, so let's all stand. Glory to God. I guess the, the fellowship on the 15th, it didn't happen. When, when is it? Next Saturday. Next Saturday, which is the 22nd. Okay, 22nd. So I'm always usually the last to know. Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks. We thank you, Lord, that this is a day that you made, Father God. We rejoice in it, Father God. Thank you, Lord. The principles, Father God, that we've heard this morning, Father God, each and every one of us, can apply to our lives, Father God to be a better person, Father God, to be a better example of a Christian, Father God, not only to our families and our friends, but, Father God, to the complete strangers. So, Father, we praise you. We just give thanks. that Greater things take place. In Jesus' name, amen.